You're listening to the podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness from LVSportsNetwork.com, brought to you by Porta Subs. It's Unnecessary Roughness, presented by the Jewelers of Las Vegas. Taylor to the right of Love, two receivers each way. Shotgun snap, three-step drop, eyeing the middle, pressure up the middle. Love, out of the pocket, throws downfield for the end zone. Intercepted! Amik Robertson in the back corner, picks it off in front of Watson. And the Raiders defense just seals the victory here in Vegas. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Here's your boy Q. That's that game sealer right there from Amik Robertson. Jason Horowitz on the call. That got it done. Raiders went off to, to win the game after that interception right there. Closed the door on the Green Bay Packers. The Raiders win 17-13. Side note, Angel hit us up on Twitter at r 920 am at Ari Produces, at your boy Q254. Dope-ass intro. Uh, old school. So there you go. Angel appreciated that little Snoop D-O-double-G sound right there. And, of course, Jason Horowitz on the call with the Amik Robertson interception. Uh, quick little nugget on Amik. That was his third career interception, and that mark, that third interception marked the first time since week six of 2021 that the Raiders had three-plus interceptions in a single game. That also comes from Raiders PR, so we definitely appreciate them for those little nuggets that they pass along to us here and there that we could pass along to you. Let's go out to the phone lines real quick. I want to hear from Robert Spillane in the Raiders locker room, but let's go out to the phone lines real quick and talk to our guy, Raider X. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Hey, Q. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, my brother. Just had a couple questions and get always looking for your insight, man. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm really excited because it looks like the, the defense is finally turning the corner. But now we have, you know, the offense, which really hasn't turned the corner. It looks like they got to put the keys in the ignition. Right. But, you know, the, the question I, I, I pose is kind of the thing that you've been kicking around, you know, for the last couple of weeks, the absence, absence of uh, Renfro. So, you know, he's not being used, you know, and, and I think we value him more than obviously other teams are valuing him because no one's really, you know, went out there and grabbed him for, the, for, for what they're asking for probably, or we haven't seen that come to fruition. But, you know, let's say we propose out there, you know, if we could get something for him, uh, a trade, a player for a player, you know, what would we do? Would we sit there and invest in getting a, a defensive player to, to help Crosby or help that defense? so that we can actually get that rush. Because I think if we got that rush, I think that would turn, totally you know, t- you know, turn the corner for the defense. Or do we invest on something on the offense so you know, get that line right or get whatever, whatever's ailing that line? Because I- I'm, I'm not sold. It seemed like the, the, they, re- they regressed yeah. all, all over the place. And, and was it Van, Van Rotten, Van Rutten? Yeah. He just don't look good. Or, you know, Andre James looked worse. Yeah, you know, um, and I'm not, uh, you know, I like Andre James. I think he's a decent center, but I think he's getting exposed, and uh, you know, and that's kind of what I'm looking at. You're not, Renfro's not there, you know. So obviously, either you know somebody you, you get you give him for nothing, so at least they take the salary, and we go out and trade and use that salary and the books or something, grab somebody else. But where will we put him at? Will we try to fix the offense, or will we do something for that defensive line? And that's really what I got, my brother. I appreciate your time. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Great call. I think if there's a trade, and this is just my gut feeling, if there's a trade that's made before that October 31st trade deadline, I think the Raiders would try to bolster the defense. I mean, that's just my gut feeling. I think 
that the offensive line gets a major overhaul in the offseason. And I, I hate to say it, I wish they had got the major overhaul this past offseason to, to keep it a buck, right? I think, and this is just me again, scatter shooting, you know, spitballing. I think that, uh, that Dylan Parham needs to move to center. Uh, I think Andre James has taken a step back, like you mentioned. Uh, the, uh, the right side, you know, I think at some point they want Thayer Mumford to be the guy at the right tackle spot. Uh, the right guard is a, is a mystery. Van Roten is not as good as what I thought he was going to be. thought they brought him in to be that wily veteran and, you know, kind of a tough dude. But it's not that. It, it just isn't. That offensive line has got to be a whole hell of a lot better. It's it's just a problem right now. And I know it's only five weeks in, but, you know, it's, it's just – when Illuminor went out of the game with a, a little bit of injury, I never celebrate vic, uh, injuries at all. never will. Uh, but I'll say the offense started to have a little bit better of drives put together – when uh, Thayer Munford was out there. And then I know Illuminor came back in uh, at another stretch, and you know, so he was able to help out as well. But they've got to solidify that at some point. I think, though, that you'll see Dylan Parham at that, at that center position sooner rather than later. Um, and I don't think that the offensive line is really going to be fully, um, you know, kind of re-overhauled until, until the season is over. I just think that that's, that's going to be a major project in the offseason. Uh, if there's free agency that they can go and address it, then they'll do it. Uh, they, they could do some in the draft, and they'll do it. Um, I really think that the guys that they, they, they missed out on, uh, like McClendon Curtis, I think he was the guy that they had high hopes on, and they were hoping that they can keep him stashed on the, on the practice squad and then bring him up when he's ready. And then Seattle went and made the move for him, right? And then Wagner – uh, he's banged up, so he's not able to go out there and participate. But I think that they had high hopes for those two dudes. I mean, again, this is all just my gut feeling. This is not any kind of this is what I heard from anyone. This is just this is just what I think, just by based off what I was seeing at practice, at training camp, and just the way that they look like that they really like those guys, especially the size of McClendon Curtis. Man, that you can't teach size, and that's something that he has for sure. Uh, let's go ahead and get one more quick call, and I want to get Robert Spillane in, but I, I don't want Eddie in L.A. to have to wait. So, Eddie, welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Hey, what's up, Q? Finally got that win, baby. So let me start with the bad, and then we'll get to the good. The bad, once again, is the play calling and the inefficiency of the coaching on offensive side with points directly to Josh McDaniels. I mean, the, how he played the second, uh, I'm sorry, the, uh, the mismanagement uh, being in, within the two minutes and not using the timeouts, I don't understand what goes down to this guy. It's taking so long to get the plays out. One of the things that the, we, we all talked about how uh, that we were all looking forward to when we, when we heard the news of Jimmy G coming in, his familiarity with the offense. We weren't going to have to be waiting on line at the line of him getting the play call and setting up and rushing all the way in, taking up so much time instead of getting the play in. And then the play calls at the after Spillane picked out for the second time there in the end zone when you had a chance to score. Why not use your 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 speed? You're not, if you're not going to use your running back to get to to play smash mouth football and score it in there. Why not use the, the speed to create some kind of, you know, like a jet sweep or, or, or some eye candy to help the to, to help spread, spread those linebackers out and give and give Jacobs a better push up the middle and maybe run it up the middle. Just the, 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 there just doesn't seem to be any real just any real creativity in his play calling. I mean, I know he loves the flea flicker, but for God's sake, there's something else that you can choose to do with so much speed. You see it uh, like game in and game out. I see how they they, don't, they just don't utilize it. And then, you know, to talk about Hunter Renfro, just yesterday, look at it. He was wide open. Jimmy G can't see him. 
Jimmy G has a problem with our offense. He's he just doesn't look the same. He looks skittish. He he's not comfortable there. One thing is the line. The other thing is him not being able to see the the, the receivers coming open and being able to give the give them a little extra time. He just seems so skittish. And, and you know this is exactly the quarterback he wanted. And for him to be able to get the quarterback he wanted and to play like this says a lot about his coaching style. Now let's get back to the good defense. We've been killing the defense forever, me myself included. And from the last two games, you can you can see uh, you can see the the the, the, the him, them actually getting better. Uh, Patrick Graham moving to the top looks like it's helping. I'm hoping that it continues and going forward because we at the end of the day we play two bad well not two bad teams but one bad team and we we barely got the win because we almost lost yesterday. I mean if that if uh, if Robinson doesn't make that uh, uh, that catch in the end zone and it goes right through it like it's happened. Many times before, and uh, to uh, uh, against the Raiders, we're we're having a different story, but we're not. We're talking about uh, a, a nice win on the uh, on the defensive side of the ball. Something I haven't seen since the 2005 season. I'm sorry, 2006 season when we went 0 and uh, or 2 and 14. So I really want to be able to hang my hat and say they're they're getting better week in week out. It looks like the defense is starting to turn the corner, but I yet I still. I'm still constantly optimistic because again, it's not like we, not like we're playing, a, you know, a team at the top of their game. Uh, you know, Love just put, he did a lot, he did a lot of bad out there and gave us a lot of opportunity to win. And credit to the defense, they finally, they finally put themselves in opportunities to steal victory. And to see Mad Max on that stage, to see him come out and just put the smash. I mean, just, to, I mean, he, it, the, it's no, if people on the East Coast didn't know who he was. They sure did know about after last night. I mean, the guy was a one-man wrecking crew. Get him some help. And if it means trading away Renfro to get him help, do it. Do it and get it. My, 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 my feeling on that matter is teams are not going to want to give up to anything on Renfro since they're not utilizing them. They think they're probably going to end up cutting them at the end of the season. That's my two things. But at least, very least, at this call, one I haven't been able to say in a few weeks, it's easy. It's, uh, yesterday was easy being a Raider fan. Raider Nation, stay up. <laughs> Eddie in L.A. right there with the call. Thanks for that. And that's why I said that if they if they were to make a trade, that they would bring in some defense. We got a text that said defense is not the issue. I know it's not the issue, but I think we could all agree that Max Crosby needs help. We'd be foolish to say that, oh, this is cool, and he's good just being out there by himself. He needs help. And I know Malcolm Kuntz is out there, and he's helping Right, he's putting together a little bit of a nice little bit of a campaign. I know Tyree Wilson is getting better, but literally, it's Max Crosby and nobody else. He needs help. If it's from the interior, great. If it's from the edge, great. There needs to be more of a concentration on getting to the quarterback. It's just that simple. When they can get pressure on the quarterback, they have a better chance of being able to make plays on the back end. So, uh, yeah, that, that's why I think that they would do, go in that direction uh, and try to bring someone defensive in, and that's what the reports are saying too. It's not like I'm just making it up. Uh, Diana Russini from The Athletic put it out there uh, over the weekend that the Raiders are making calls around the league for, for someone to, to compliment Max Crosby, to be, that, to be that, that extra help along that defensive line. So uh, clearly there's something out there. I'm not saying it's all 100% accurate, but there's a little something-something to it for sure. Eddie, thanks for that call. I do appreciate you. One guy that's been a really nice free agent pickup for the Raiders has been Robert Spillane. A lot of people had no idea what to expect when he signed as a free agent for the Pittsburgh Steelers, but what they got last night was two interceptions in helping the Raiders get the 17-13 victory over the Green Bay Packers. Here's Robert Spillane following the game in the Raiders locker room. 
Robert, man, uh, you know, coming into tonight, one career interception, you get two in the same night tonight. What do you attribute that to, man? Yeah, just keep trusting the process. Uh, every day we're process-oriented, and uh, we look at the results, we clean things up, and we move on. And more or less we're going to do the same going forward. Is there some extra satisfaction for you when you make plays in the passing game when you're so often noted as such a good run defender, but you've made some big plays in the passing game? Uh, I consider myself an all-around football player who loves the game, loves all facets of the game. So I just love being out there, being able to help my team get a win. Is the ball like a magnet once you get one, you start seeing it even a little bit bigger? We just opened the floodgates, and now we just got to keep continuing to build on assaulting that pocket and finding ways to get the ball out. How satisfying was it to get a win? Why um, strength of the defense? Huge. My first win in Allegiant Stadium. Um, it means the world to the Raider Nation, and I'm just glad we could provide that. You talked about the people in front of you, specifically Max and the job he did tonight. He looked like he was more even possessed than you. That dude lives possessed. <laughs> I mean, everything he does is at full speed, practice, walkthrough, game, film. So I just admire his work ethic, and he shows up every time the lights come on. So I'm just glad to be working behind him. Robert, when you see him having the game that he's having, do you anticipate even more balls perhaps going your way for you to pick him off like that? Yeah, teams always got to figure out what they want to do with Max Crosby. Do they double him? Do they triple him? And he still finds a way to get pressure on the quarterback. So the more that we can do that with four rushers, the better our pass defense will be. It's still got Nick Robertson, too, stepping up into a bigger role today and coming through for you guys. I mean, one of the best interceptions that I've ever seen in my life. 50 yards down the field to be able to contort his body, high point the football and end the game like that. What an outstanding play by a player who's just been gnawing at the bit to get on the field. So I'm excited for him. He's, he's trusted the process, continue to get better, and we're excited for him. What were you saying in, that, in the huddle, in that final possession? It's on us, D. It's on us. So let's let's step up and win this game. Robert, what, what you. Did you, can you just take us through, through what you saw in that first interception of yours tonight? Yeah, you know, they have two tight ends who are off the ball. It's one of their play-action looks, so I wasn't really over-anticipating run. When they went to play-action, I kind of just held my location. And a receiver ended up running behind me, and the quarterback threw me the ball. You made some pretty uh, definitive statements in training camp that you wanted the defense to be seen kind of as a strength of this team instead of a weakness. With what you guys have done the last few weeks, do you think you've made some strides towards that? I think we're 2-3 and three right now, and we're still at these beginning stages of the, of the season. We want to build upon what we've done well, clean up the things that we haven't done well, and keep pushing forward. When you say that it's on us, D, we got to get it done, how much extra juice does that give you? Oh, that's pride. I mean, that's... That's how we want it to be every game. I know when I look at those guys in the eyes, they give me that fierce competitor look like, let's go do it. Let's, let's make this happen. So I, I never doubted for a second. Those guys don't blink. So when our time comes, it's exciting. There you go, Robert Spillane in the Raiders locker room. And I'll tell you, man, if you haven't heard a football player and what a football player sounds like, that's him right there. He's him. Right, Robert Spillane is a football player through and through. I mean, this dude, he lives, breathes, sleeps football. He's that guy that I can imagine that probably just wakes up from a dream about football. Right, he probably probably has a, a football next to his bed at night. I mean, he's just one of those dudes that you know what I mean. Like it's it's all about ball. Like I hate to I hate to admit that there's times that I can't sleep at night because I'm thinking about the show the next day. Like, okay, what do we gotta do? Oh, we gotta do this. Is this gonna work out? Is this gonna work out? He's that dude when it comes to football. Like, he's probably up at night worried about what third and eight looks like, right? Or what's he going to do with this team coming in? He just, he just fits that mold of a football 
player. And, man, he's out there making football plays and cheering on his brothers like uh, Amik Robertson who made the big play. And I don't know if you remember on the replay, if you go back and look, at uh, Amik Robertson getting that interception, and when he fell to the ground in the end zone, uh, and the you know obviously the play was was good, he fell obviously inbounds. Like two guys up, all of a sudden Robert Spillane is in the end zone right next to him. Like he was right there next to him when he came down with the ball. All of a sudden Spillane was immediately in the end zone cheering him on. So I mean this dude, he's all over the field. Uh, it was funny hearing him talk about. Uh, Max Crosby that he's possessed. Max Crosby said in the locker room, and you'll hear from him, if not today, tomorrow, that Spillane is, is a maniac. You know, he said that they're so much, they're so similar to each other. He's a maniac, and, 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 and Spillane just said that Max is possessed. Like, those guys, that's what they do. They're obsessed with this, this, uh, this business. They're obsessed with this game. They're obsessed with football, and that's what I always say the, the greats are. The greats, the, there's a lot of good. There's a lot of good in the NFL. But the greats are the ones that are obsessed with what they do. Right? The, the ones that are obsessed with what they do, they sacrifice a lot. They'll miss out on things that other guys won't, you know, that won't miss out on. Right? Other guys are going to go and you know, hang out here or hang out there or go to a buddy's house or this, that, and the other, while this other guy who wants to be great is at treatment. He's in the weight room. He's in film study. He's doing this, that, and the other. He's not missing, he's not missing what he thinks is important because he wants to be great. Right, he's obsessed with it. I always, I always related to Kobe Bryant. Like that was a dude that was obsessed with being the best. He wanted to be the absolute dude, so he missed out on a lot of stuff. He sacrificed a lot growing up. That he wasn't at every school dance. He wasn't at every party. You know, every Friday night, he was in the gym when other people are out having a good time. Right, he's he's doing what it took to be to be great, and, and that's to have an obsession with your craft and that's that's who Robert Spillane is and he wants to be great. That's who Max Crosby is. He wants to be great. I can appreciate what what they do and what they bring to the table and I know Raider Nation could bring and appreciate what they have and, and what they see in Robert Spillane and also in Max Crosby. Let's go out to the 408. Let's talk to Robert in San Jose. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Uh, thanks for taking my call to you. Uh, yep. My dad used to say you have to be willing to pay the cost to be the boss yep. and uh no matter what profession you are, football or sports or just in general in life, uh, you have to be willing to put that uh, work in if you want to get to the top. So uh, amen to that guy. Uh, in terms of uh, next time you get to talk to uh, the Coach McDaniels, with the offensive line being in the straights that it is, would it be more beneficial to go to a more West Coast offense and – use the short passing game as a running game instead of running the ball on first and 10 all the time. You know, I'm sitting here watching the game last night and, you know, if I can call the plays on my couch, the guy <laughs> that's getting paid on the other side of the line, I'm assuming is knowing the same thing. So uh, with the line being what it is, you're not going to be able to fix it this year. It is what it is. Maybe go to a more of a West coast, you know, get backs out of the backfield and, get the ball out quickly and use that and then hit him with the deep ball from time to time instead of just trying to run what you've run and getting the results that you're getting. I mean, it's, it's yeah, and thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Yeah, look, they need to figure out something. I don't know if they want to, you know, switch things up drastically on the offensive side of things, but they've got to figure out something. The offensive line is not in a good place, and the offense is not in a good place. I mean, let's just call it what it is, right? It's just not. 
you're scoring 17, 18 points max. I mean, you're averaging, what, 15.8 points a game? That's not going to cut it, man. You're not going to win too many games. Luckily, you have the Patriots coming up that they're not an offensive juggernaut, but that doesn't mean that they can't score and they're not going to try to score. You've got to be able to put some points on the board. You've got to. Up until this last week, it was the Raiders, the the Saints, and the Patriots were the only teams in the league that hadn't scored 20 points. Well, the Saints scored 34 against the Patriots. So, Raiders, you're up next, right? And I don't want to, you know, look too far ahead. I want to, you know, kind of still continue to break down this game at least one more day. But, man, they, they've got to figure out how to, how to score. They've got to put some points on the board. The Raiders had opportunities. They had first in – First and goal, basically, after the Splane interception, they only got three points out of it. You've got to get that. They didn't even get one shot to Devontae. I was talking to Bryce Butler at halftime, former Raider wide receiver, and he was like, man, Q, you've got to have at least one shot to Devontae in the end zone. That's, that's your best player. You've got, to, you've got to look for him and target him in the end zone, at least one of those plays. You have to. That's a must. If you get a turnover that's a big momentum shift like that, right down that you just scored, and then boom, one play later, Spillane's making a play to get you right there lined up to score again. I mean, that's a, that's, a, that, that's a finisher move, right? I know it's still early, but, I mean, that's one of those where you really put a lot of pressure on the defense and the opposing team if you could do that. And instead, they just, they just settled for three. Man, that, that, was, that was a win for the defense. That was a win for the Packers' defense to, to hold them to three points. So they've got to be able to do that, and, and that, was, that was a rough deal. So at some point, this offense has got to figure things out. There's obviously still plenty of ball left. The teams that they're playing up against aren't great coming up, but that doesn't matter, man. I mean, what we've seen, I think what the NFL has proven week in and week out, any team could beat you on Sunday, on Monday, or on Thursday. Uh, let's go back out to the phone lines, talk to Bernard. Bernard, what's on your mind? Welcome to the show. Bernard, you there? All right, let's keep it pushing. Raider Dave in Denver, you're up next. What's on your mind? About uh, game balls. You know, there was a play, I think it was in the first half, where there was like a gadget play where they were going to do a quarterback throwback. (laughs) And I don't think they were even on the other side of the 50, so I think they're on their own side. Had Josh decided to throw that back, Garoppolo would have been lit up. And I don't know if they had a hand signal, like don't throw it, or his hands weren't up or down or whatever it was. But, man, the replay on that, I'm like, why didn't he? Oh, boy, he would have been lit. And I think that would have changed the game ultimately. So I think that 66 yards, pretty decent. He got uncorked once. And uh, I I think that's where I'd give the game ball. But you're right, somebody has got to figure out a way to go ahead and attack a defense where the linebackers are shooting the gaps and this line looks like the last year that we had those Pro Bowl guys before we shipped one off to Seattle. And I forgot where the other one went. but Arizona. Uh, yeah, okay, there it is. Those guys were not getting to second level. And when we got the younger guys, that was the big difference. They were making the blocks and getting to second level. Now, it took four or five games in to get that done last year. And I don't know if Alex Barr's communication with James is better but something's got to happen to protect that A gap. Otherwise, this run game's going nowhere. Because there's not a player in the league, you know, maybe besides Henry because of his size, that is just going to go through it like a bulldozer. Yeah, good stuff, good stuff. Great call. Definitely appreciate you. And look, I'll say this, man. Uh, you brought up that play that Josh Jacobs made and the decision not to throw the ball. I, I know you said Jimmy G is going to get lit up. I think the ball would have been, been picked. 
I think it would have been a pick six. Like, I really do. I, as soon as I saw him get ready to throw it, I was like, uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. And if it wasn't a pick six, it would have been, just like you said, he would have got lit up. I mean, that was – that you could tell that was going to be all bad. But it, it, but it, uh, it worked out really well because Josh decided, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and hold on to this. He did not <laughs> – he did not go uh, f- follow through and decide to throw that ball back because that – one way or the other, it would end up resulting in a really bad play. And, again, I mean, we've been talking about the offense and how they need to definitely step their game up. Someone's got to figure it out uh, sooner rather than later. Let's go back out to the phone lines, talk to Bernard. I think we got him this time. Bernard, what's on your mind? Hey, uh, good victory Good victory for the Raiders, man. Uh, yep. I don't care how, how it goes. People say, you know, uh, ugly win. Hey, a W is a W when you look yes, at sir. Uh, the wins and loss columns. But Q, earlier this year, I think right before the season started, I think you had a segment where you was asking like what players you looking to looking forward to see play this year. Yeah. And I called in and I said, Amigo Iverson was one of my guys, you know, and about the size of the dog, you know. Yeah. You know, man, he got he just got that dog in him and he he, he, he says he know I'm a little dude. He said, mm-hmm. I know they was coming at me and I'm ready. And he hasn't even really been playing that much, but it seemed like every time he get in the game he he he, he finds a way to get around the ball. Yep. So I just I hope he gets a chance to play more, not just because of injury, but it seems like he always keep keep his head up. And last thing I want to say, just it's still early. The Raiders can get they they act together on offense, which we all thought wasn't going to be a problem at all. And for some reason, they they having a hard time scoring. But uh, Josh Jacobs, I mean uh, Josh McDaniel, he he got to throw the ball in the end zone, man. All these lateral like mm-hmm. passes, especially when you're in the red zone, it, I think that's frustrating a lot of the Raider fans, especially me. I'm like, you, you got to throw. You got Myers, you got Adams, you got a tight end. He's supposed to be creative. He should be creative enough to throw the ball in the end zone at least at least once. Yeah. So I just hope he gets out of his comfort zone and, and stop being so conservative and open up that – let us see that, you know, that offensive genius, um, that mindset that he's supposed to have. If we right. get that going – I think that'll give the, the defense even more confidence because they can get some points on the board and play with the lead, you know, and not barely winning all the time. So if they can get all those passes going, I think, you know, we've got a chance to, you know, to, um, have a better season than people may, may have expected. All right. Hey, good stuff. Definitely appreciate you. And, yeah, man, Amika's fun, right? I mean, Amika, whenever he gets his uh, hands on the ball or gets around the ball, seems like good things happen, right? I mean, he was able to take one to the house last year uh, on the fumble. Remember that one? Uh, who was it against? Houston, maybe? I don't remember who that was against, but he was able to get this, his hands on the ball and take it to the house. Uh, came up with the interception against the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, now got, came up with this big interception uh, to, on, on Monday against the Green Bay Packers. So, I mean, Amika. Makes plays. That's that's the one thing that we do know. He has a way of making plays. It's something that he did when he went when he was in college, uh, and something that you'd like to see him do more of with the silver and black. I uh, got a couple quick texts that I get to. One from the five five nine. Happy to see the Raiders get a W and the Dodgers get an L. I really hope Raider Nation would just give give up on the fire McDaniel's thing on social media. It gets annoying. It ain't gonna happen. Mark is just asking for patience. Next few games are winnable. Let's go Raiders. That's Raider Dad Bod and. I'm with you, man. The social media stuff is is you know kind of over the top, but I mean you kind of know what it is when it comes to social media. It's going to be over the top. That's exactly what social media is for. Uh, not me, but others. You know, it's just again that's 
that's their platform to to be able to fire off on uh, on, on everything and anything. So there's that. So thank you so much for that text. Uh, East Bay Raider Gray, nice win. Glad the Raiders won. And also a text from the 209. Marcus Peters deserves a game ball. Didn't have the best game, but that horse collar penalty saved us four points and possibly the game, not to mention the tip ball for Spillane's second interception. Uh, I'll agree with the play as far as the tip ball. I thought that was big. He needed a play. He felt like he hadn't made a play all season long and instead missed a couple plays. Uh, but he was struggling. He had, he had had an opportunity to make a tackle where he went too high. And it ended up turning into about a 12-yard game for Green Bay when it could have been a loss, uh, you know. And he was getting targeted. And even even Matt Lafleur, the Packers head coach, said, "We're going to go at at Marcus Peters. We're not scared of him. We're going to go at him." And that's exactly what they did. So uh, he's got to continue to step up. But that horse collar play turned out to be a great play by him because, like you said, it did save four points and, and potentially save the game. Uh, and that big tip that he had as Spillane came up with the interception was a big deal as well. Uh, let's go ahead and get one more quick call, then we'll take a break. Gangster Raider, you're up next. What's on your mind? Welcome to the show. What's up, Q? I feel slightly slighted because if you don't remember, back when um, Raider Nation Radio first started, when there was you, Scott, and you was the co-host, and I think um, Lincoln was on there more. I think he was on there, I think, two or three times a week. But remember back then, I was the first one to ask him that he should be a coach. I was like, you should be a coach, and I wanted him to be the offensive line coach. I said, would you ever consider coaching? And he was like, no, the only reason he would do it would be high school or lower. I was like, you really should think about coaching professional and being the offensive line coach of the Raiders. You remember that? No, nah, I mean, that was probably like 2020. I don't I don't remember. But I, 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 I don't doubt you. I just don't remember. Yeah, well, anyway, I was still I, mean, I was still I, in Texas then, so that was back in 2020. <laughs> yeah, I remember you, you used to have the Q spot. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You came all the way from the Q spot. Now look at you. You know what I'm yeah. saying? That's that's big up. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. salute to you, Q. You Appreciate know what I'm saying? It. But anyway, I've been feeling like he should have been the coach. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. I want to talk about. To me, I want to give out two game balls. I know all you're right. supposed to only get one, but <laughs> I can't pick because right. I think one definitely needs to go to Josh Jacobs, not only for the way he ran, but for his. IQ, because he remember that block he did on that run with um, what's our little quick on wide receiver? I think number oh Trey three. Tucker, yeah. oh DeAndre no. Carter, DeAndre. Yeah, Carter. remember on that play, he, he if he don't get that block, he gets his clock cleaned out. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and so he provided that block. Then also he had the wherewithal not to throw the ball back on that um pitch back that old boy was just talking about the call yep. before me. Yep. If he'd throw it back, like he said, either Garoppolo gets beat beat up, beat down or whatever, or it's a pick six the other way. But he had the wherewithal and the mental um, capacity to not throw it back. You know what I'm saying? And also, he got the game winning touchdown. You know what I'm saying? Who, who's to say if we don't run it in that time, we have to settle for another field goal, and it's 13-13. You know what I'm saying? They probably go down and kick a field goal to win the game if it's not for Josh Jacobs. So that's why I think he get one game ball. And the other game ball, to me, go to the entire Raiders defense. When was the last time we could say game ball go to the entire Raiders defense? Right, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, so it's, it's a whole lot of things that I'm not happy with, but we're gonna discuss that later on this week. But today is Victory Tuesday, so we're gonna celebrate the victory. Oh yeah, my sister is in the contest. My sister Raider Rashawn is in the contest. You know, I need everybody to go go for my sister Raider Rashawn. What's the contest you in? <laughs> Fab forty, some contest. Go to both for Raider Rashawn, my sister, and keep it gangster, y'all. I got y'all. I'm gone. There you go. There you go. Appreciate the call, my man, and uh, that, that'll that work. I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, and Josh Jacobs, he did show a really good football IQ with not throwing that ball. And, and he, you know what? He's a really good blocker. 
He really is, and he understands the situation. And so, yeah, on that, uh, I think it was the jet sweep that you're talking about to DeAndre Carter. Definitely needed to to go ahead and, and make that big block to be able to spring him. And uh, so, yeah, Josh Jacobs does a lot of little things, and then he also does the big things, like coming up with big runs. And even that 24-yard run he had late in the game, I mean, you can see he was getting frustrated because there weren't too many holes. But, man, when he hit that hole, you see him accelerate. I was like, okay, there you go. You see you see Jacobs starting to break out. He, I mean, he runs hard, man, and runs with a purpose. So you could definitely appreciate what he brings to the table. And believe me, the Raiders needed every play and then some to come away with that victory on Monday night. Uh, Ari, what do you want me to do? You want me to take a quick break? I know we got to get to coach. We'll take a quick break. Okay. I know we got Juan the Smasher and Carlos also that we're going to get up uh, on the phone lines. We're also going to get Coach Ernie Howard, uh, Bishop Minogue uh, High School in Reno. They came up with a big victory. We'll get them all on the way. we got about 29 minutes left in the show. All that's coming up next here on Raider Nation Radio 920. This podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness on LVSportsNetwork.com is brought to you by Porta Subs. Make sure you check out Porta Subs' six-foot party trays. They're perfect for game days. You'll get your choice of three made-to-order classic subs made with premium meats and cheese on your choice of fresh-baked bread, loaded with fresh veggies, toppings, and sauces. Game day six-foot trays serve 12 to 16 people, so you can sit back and enjoy the game. Available at all Las Vegas area Porta Subs, neighborhood sandwich shops, order ahead at PortaSubs.com. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Matter of minutes away from talking to the Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the Week Award recipient, Coach Ernie Howran from uh, Bishop McNogue in uh, Reno. Uh, they came up with a big victory over Reed. The Reed Raiders, as a matter of fact, 45-0. That's his 200th victory in his career. But before we get to him, we'll talk to Car. No, not Carlos. Juan the Smasher. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, Juan? What's on your mind? What's up, Q? What's going on? I'm chilling, man. I'm chilling. Hey, Q. I'm just happy, man. These Raiders <laughs> came through and smashed these Packers, bro. I was I was excited to see my. Uh, I'm gonna give a game ball to my boy Amik. I don't know why the coach keeps playing with him. Then you start this fool every day and twice on Sunday. And uh, I'm just happy that, that he went up there and 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 he was up there for a minute. And then when he came with that pick, I was like, man, thank God, because we needed that one. And we, and it was huge because I was I was tired of losing. And I wouldn't, uh, and, and and to get the, those picks and to win it like that, I'm never going to complain to you about a dub. That's all I'm saying. If we get a win, I'm cool with that. And I just want to give a shout out to to, to my man uh, Vegas Jets because uh, he got that tat, and he, and the Raiders are one to zero with that tattoo. You know what I'm saying? And I come do. on, baby Raider Nation, keep your head up, fools. We're going to keep on pounding these dubs. Come on, baby, <laughs> let's get it. Nice, nice. There he goes, Juan the Smasher. And yeah, good work, man. I saw that work that you did on Vegas Jess. That tattoo is pretty awesome. So uh, congratulations on that, and congratulations to Vegas Jess. And we'll all be in line to get our work sooner rather than later. But uh, as he said, the Raiders are one to know since Vegas Jess got his uh, new tattoo, his new artwork. So yeah, I guess uh, I guess that that's all it took. Now uh, now the pressure's on Vegas Jess. You got to keep make sure the Raiders keep winning. Now that you got that tattoo game. Uh, one quick text from Raider Reggie. I wish folks, especially the Raiders, would realize it all starts and ends in the trenches. The reason Jimmy G has happy feet is because the weak offensive line gets him uh, and Jacobs lit up. Uh, Josh McDaniels and Ziegler, man, should have taken care of that in the pass offseason. Go Raiders. And then Jim from Yonkers said, Q, you know what is crazy? Stidham like, looked like he grasped the offense better than anyone else. He seemed like night and day. Maybe because he was just with McDaniels. Thanks for a great show. That's Jim and Yonkers. And, yeah, I mean, Jared Stidham had been with Coach McDaniels his whole career. 
You know, he was drafted by the Patriots, and he was there the whole time, and then they traded for him. So he was clearly very comfortable with Josh McDaniel's system. So thanks so much for that. We'll get some more texts. We'll get a couple more calls as we close out the show. But right now, let's go ahead and get into the Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the Week Award recipient. It's time for Q's weekly interview with the Tom Flores High School Coach of the Week here on Raider Nation Radio 920. And joining us now on the phone lines is the Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the Week Award recipient. That's Coach Ernie Howard from Bishop McNogue High School in Reno. And Coach, congrats on the award, and more importantly, congrats on your team's 45 win over Reed. How big was that to get your team's fifth win of the season? Um, you know, appreciate it. It, it. it was huge. I mean, just to be in this position, uh, to be first in our league right now, uh, it was a big win for us against one of our rivals. Uh, we, we needed that, and I thought the kids – you know, came out and just played great football. Such attention to detail. Uh, it was a great win for us. Not only was that your team's fifth win of the season, but also for you personally, that was your 200th career victory as a head coach. Nice little feather in the cap. What does that mean to you to get that 200th win? You know, uh, and I know people will say, that, oh, this is coach talk. At the end of the day, it really doesn't mean that much to me. I think, you know, 20 years from now, it'll be really cool. Uh, but for right now, you know, our, our goals are bigger than some old man's 200th win. Uh, we, we, we're, we're about, you know, finishing, winning league, getting home field throughout the playoffs, and, and then working to, uh, towards winning region and state. That, that's our goals. You know, it's funny. Uh, when I think about you getting 200 wins and where you guys are at as a program right now, I think back and, and realize that there must have been a lot of really good talent that you've had. There must be a lot of really good relationships that you've formed. I mean, just being a high school football coach to be around and have the opportunity to get 200 wins must be pretty special. Man, you, you, uh, you, you said exactly the most important thing to me about this. You're so right. Uh, it's been the relationships with uh, the kids and the coaches I mean, I have lifetime friends from, you know, the relationships I've built uh, through coaching and not just the coaches I coach with some of the kids, um, the relationships I've had with them and built with them. That that's been more important to me than the 200 wins. And, you know, fortunate enough to, to yeah, like you said, coach some great players over the last uh, 25 years. Yeah, that's awesome. It really is. Congratulations on that. Again, again, we're speaking with Coach Ernie Howard from Bishop Gnog in Reno. And, and Coach, you again, you said, you know, first place in league play. How much did your non-league schedule help prepare you for league play, which is obviously most important? It was huge. Uh, you know, it was a weird start to our season. You know, we, we were down in Vegas uh, for a game against Las Vegas High. And it got canceled because of the lightning. Mm. Um, and then, you know, so we, we were hoping that big road trip was going to be a big, you know, kind of a, a way to, you know, create our, you know, start the, our program, you know, for the year. And luckily we had a Jesuit out of Sacramento and Central Catholic out of Modesto. Those two teams were loaded, great football teams, and they really kind of taught us a lot about ourselves to get us ready for the season. So when you're looking at, at at the film and when you're looking at what you've been able to do, again, I mean, the first place in league play, that's fantastic. But I know coaches always find areas to improve. What are you looking at really down the stretch where you think that, okay, this is where our team needs to still tighten things up? You know, probably the physicality is something that we keep talking about uh, on a daily basis that we hope that we, we, we have not arrived and we're not where we want to be, you know, four, five, six weeks from now. Uh, we hope that it continues to get even more physical. Um, and the game speed, as far as how the kids are executing at a high level, 
uh, been really impressed with that, and we, we do press on that, too, that we're hoping that gets better, too. Coach Ernie Howard from Bishop Inouye and Reno is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. Not only did your team go out and perform and put up points as you won 45-0 over Reed, but obviously your defense went out there and set the tone as well. How much easier is it for your offense to get going when you know that your defense is coming to play? <laughs> You're so right. <laughs> it, it, it's been something we've leaned on all season long. Uh, even in the two losses that we had, our defense played really well. And unfortunately the offense really just didn't hold up their end of it. And um, it's allowed us to get right offensively. And now to know that they're going to continue to play that way, it allows us to just do a lot of things uh, offensively. We don't have to be as conservative because we know they're going to get the ball back for us. How much pride does your team have right now playing at the level that they're playing? They help you pick up your 200th career victory. But again, the goals are way bigger than that. How, how much sense of pride are they playing with right now? It's been awesome. Uh, you know, practices are fun to be at. Uh, you could just feel the energy. Um, you know, here we are towards the end of the regular season. And, you know, sometimes there's a little bit of a lull, a little bit of a slowdown just because, you know, they're banged up and beat up from the, the, the action all, all season long. So to, to be where we're at mentally, uh, yeah, there's a great energy out there right now. So when you look at what the, the Raiders are doing, and again, you're the Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the Week Award recipient, how big is that that, you know, the Raiders are involved not just locally with high school sports and athletics, but, but statewide? Yeah, I mean, it's a big deal. I mean, uh, you know, they're, they're the NFL, and, and <laughs> it's the Raiders, you know. I grew up in the Bay Area and you know, watching the Oakland Raiders back in the day, and now, you know, uh, being a resident of Nevada for, you know, 30 years, uh, to have uh, Las Vegas Raiders, that's a big deal. And I, and I appreciate the what they're doing for the state, for the high school level. What does that do for your, your players? Do they have an opportunity to kind of look up and say, hey, not too far from us, there's a professional football team that's playing and, you know, they're in our state as well? Uh, I can't speak for them. I, I think that they're, they appreciate that there is a, a NFL team in our state. Mm -hmm. uh, but I do, you know, I know that we have, do have a lot of Raider fans. Right. <laughs> of course. Of course. They're all over the place. They're all over the place. Probably happy uh, picking up a victory on Monday night uh, football. And, Coach, as we close this out, your team on Friday night, they take on Reno. What type of challenges are the Huskies going to present? You know, so a great job of giving a lot of different fronts and just trying to confuse and uh, disrupt blocking schemes. And they do a really good job of knowing what you're running offensively and how they're going to attack that. And, you know, they've got some great players. Uh, they got a seller's kid that's just a, a superstar. And, you know, that's a kid that we're going to focus on stopping in their game. Um, but, you know, they, they've got a good program over there. Well, it's going to be fun. Friday nights are always fun. Thursday nights, whatever day you're playing on, you know it's always fun. I know when the team is winning, uh, the players are more excited as well. So congratulations again on winning the the Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the Week Award. Congratulations on your 200th career victory. And keep doing what you do there. You guys have a good program and obviously first place in uh, in league play. You guys are doing a great job. Yeah, I appreciate the honor. Thank you. No doubt. Ernie Howard, Coach Ernie Howard right there from Bishop Winogue. Uh, really good, uh, man, really good program they have. And obviously he's a really good coach. 200 career victories, only the third coach in the state of Nevada with 200 career victories. Let that sink in real quick. 4.46 at the time. We'll come back, uh, get to some calls, get to some texts. I got a couple more nuggets that I wanted to pass along as we close out the show on this Tuesday. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness.
with your boy Q. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Got just a couple more minutes left in today's show. Sir Whiskey Ray hit us up on the WBroke.com text sign. 69187 keyword R&R. He chimes in each and every day. We definitely appreciate him. He said, Q and Ari, happy Victory Tuesday, gentlemen. So that means he's talking about me and not you, Ari. He said, absolutely feels great coming off an important win last night. As we all know, wins are hard to come by, and I'll take this victory. Sometimes I'm wrong, but sometimes I'm right. LOL. Yesterday I said a minimum of four punts by the Packers, which they did punt four times. We caused three turnovers and had two sacks. I was pretty spot on, except we didn't score 30-plus points. You know what? I don't even care because we won. Game ball goes to Coach Graham for making adjustments with a much-needed win. Thanks, as always, Q and Ari. Again, he's talking about me. Off to happy hour here in the Bay. Looking forward to today's show. That's from uh, Sir Whiskey Ray. And, no, thank you so much for that text. I do appreciate you. And, yeah, I do remember that. Punts, turnovers, you know, you were talking about it. Multiple sacks, talking about that. That is important. It really is, you know. And and I'll say this. We didn't – I know we had one – can't remember who called in and said it at this point. Someone called in and mentioned Trayvon Merrick. You know what? That dude's playing pretty damn good. Trayvon Merrick is a dude who caught a lot of hell. He's caught a lot of hell from folks about him taking steps back. I've even said it, and I like the guy a lot coming out of TCU. But, you know, he took a step back. It looked like he took a step back last year, uh, and he started out of the gates this year. The first two games looked like he was struggling. But I'll tell you what, man. He seems like he's coming along, and he's understanding his role and I forget exactly who called, but they said they didn't throw at him for a reason because he was he was pretty much where he needed to be throughout the course of the night. So, again, I don't want to crown him the next greatest thing ever at the safety position, but he's playing pretty sticking good. And he's out there playing with, you know, we know he's not 100% healthy. So I, I want to give him a lot of credit as well. I'm not going to give him a game ball. I don't think he deserves to go that far. But, again, just going out there and knowing what, you know, what is, he needs to do, is, is a big step in the right direction. Uh, Marcus Epps, he did give up that big play that Marcus Peters ended up coming down with the, the horse collar penalty on. Uh, that was uh, Marcus Epps' uh, miscommunication with Amik Robertson. That can't happen. That was on Marcus Epps. But besides that, man, I think that everything has gone uh, really well as far as the secondary and the way they communicated in that game in particular when – the Packers, you know, are the team that want to go and hit the deep shot. So uh, thank you, Sir Whiskey Ray, for that. And, and, again, I think that it's a positive step in the right direction for the Raiders' defense. Now, they've got to build on that. And I like what Lincoln said about it's not sustainable because they're not getting the pressure that they need from the D-tackle position. So I would love to see the Raiders try to address that. Uh, you know, there's been rumors and reports that they're trying to go and find some pressure, uh, some help for the defensive line. If they can go and find that person, you know, by way of trade, so be it. Uh, if if not, they've got to have someone step up and be that force on the interior. That's going to be a problem until it's not a problem. Uh, let's see. One more text. Uh, this was from Jason in Maryland. He said, I don't know if he's hurt, but y'all got to start putting some respect on Kuntz's name. He was out there getting pressures. Troy Aikman brought it up a couple times. He was active last week, too. I felt like the inside was getting pushed, too, last night. It's not as gloom as doom as it's being made. Tyree had a pressure, drew a big holding call. They're improving. I agree. They're improving. And Kuntz is playing better. Uh, we mentioned that earlier in the show. He's playing uh, better. And I think Max Crosby gave him a lot of credit in the in the locker room as well. You know, I didn't I, I didn't think that we addressed the defensive line as doom and gloom at all. I just think that it could be improved, and I do think they are improving. And I think we've all given Tyree Wilson a lot of credit for improving. He's not where he needs to be yet, but he's improving. So, yeah, I, I agree with you. You know, and Malcolm Coons, I know he hurt his knee last night. Uh, I don't know the severity of it as of yet, 
Uh, I know that Coach McDaniels talks tomorrow. We talked, we found that out just a little while ago at 1040 in the morning. He'll be speaking, so maybe he'll give us an update on Malcolm Coons then. But yeah, I think that uh, I think that he's 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 playing some good ball, and you get loose with that y'all statement, man. You you put us all into the same umbrella, and um, I guess if that's what works, that's what works. But that's not really my my bag. That's not really my get down. I, if it's an if it's something that you need to address to somebody, then go for it. But you know, we're all in the same gang, I guess, so it's all good. But, uh, yeah, thanks for that text. We definitely appreciate you. That's going to do it for today's show. Uh, tomorrow we'll talk about it briefly and start turning the corner as well to the New England Patriots Week 6 action at the house at Allegiant Stadium. They're not very good, but it doesn't matter. It's the NFL. It's one game at a time. We'll be back tomorrow here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Have a great evening. And thank you so much for listening to the podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness here on LVSportsNetwork.com, brought to you by Porta Subs.